Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hey there and welcome. This is Katie. Hi there. I am Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast episode 60, Psycho Man. What? Yes. insane. Or PG. PG. PG yeah. for short. Yes. yes get it it's like et but not et <laughs> yeah um how are you doing Brittany? i i am okay i am making it how about you katie how are you doing i'm good i'm good had a weird day my uh grocery my meal subscription arrived a day late which wouldn't be a big deal except it all arrived warm oh no. so <laughs> i had to throw it in the trash and they're, they're giving me a credit so it's not that big of a deal but i'll just like, I guess I'm eating out for lunch this week. Um, but other than that, um, the 4th of July was uh, successful. My friend Kat came in to town. I hadn't seen her in, like, almost a year. Or, I guess, six months. Six months. And Brittany and me and Kat and our friend Sam all hung out and had a girls' night with the puppies. Yeah. And it was fun. Gizmo hates fireworks. He just barks at them, but we survived. Always, always, always be careful with fireworks and pets. Um, yeah. I know Gizmo got to sleep in my bed because he was nervous. How did your pets handle the fourth? Um, literally, I've watched this week's movie. With, um, so there's Mabel and Riley are my pups, and then Bowser's my fur nephew who stays with us. And um, they all huddled um, under my feet and under my arms. And I had Psycho Goreman um, up full blast while my brother and my husband watched the fireworks <laughs> outside. So I was the puppy protector Aww. on 4th of July. Um, puppy protector, pee-pee. Pee-pee. Yes, I was the puppy protector. And at this point, I hate Aww. to say it, um... Fireworks are beautiful, and I don't like to get on a soapbox about very many things, but it's just, like, I, I can't really enjoy them because now I just worry about my dogs. Like, so I just, like, sit inside. Yeah. Like, yeah, for the last five years, I think, ever since Mabel's been little, I don't really watch the fireworks. I usually sit inside and hold her while everyone else in my family watches the fireworks, so. Yeah, Gizmo didn't, like, the funny thing was, because we were at my parents' house, he just wanted to be next to Ginny, our family dog. And so if she moved couches, he would move too. And he did shake a little bit, which made me sad. But he was pretty okay. He mostly just barked at them. Yeah. But he didn't want to bolt. He just was like... Because my dad took him outside so he could see what it was. Um, And it was... Actually, he was less afraid of them outside than he was inside. Inside sounded louder. And my friend Kat wears hearing aids. And even she said they were really loud. And if Kat thinks they were loud, they were very loud. It was like they were in their neighborhood, which is weird but they've only lived there since t- the end of 2019 so like you know I, they haven't we haven't really experienced the fourth at their house many years so we didn't really know what to expect but i also feel like my grandmother's like do you guys want to come over and watch the television like uh broadcast of the local fireworks because she has cable and my parents like me just stream stuff 
So she's like, they're going to show it on the news. And, like, we hung out with my grandma all day, so we did not abandon my grandmother. But, like, none of us, like, one, we were all tired and we all had alcohol, so we couldn't drive. Two, like, I was like, I don't want to watch fireworks on the TV. Like, I mean, they're pretty, but unless I'm experiencing them, like, live... I don't really care. And I don't like the traffic of, like, driving all the way out and then getting stuck in traffic driving back just to see fireworks. So, like, if they accompany an event, like a baseball game or something like that, I love them. But I'm, like, I just don't love seeing fireworks, like, just to see fireworks, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Like. It does. I don't know. I'd rather set off the little ones in my backyard, like the little smoke bombs. Like, I'd rather play with that stuff. At my house and, like, drive all the way out just to see, like, ten minutes of fireworks and then be like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like. I get it. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. I get it. I feel bad. But if it's, like, accompanying, like, an event, I'm down for it. I love them. Did you, um, do you have any housekeeping, Britt? You know what? It's funny. I don't. But incidentally, shout out to Stephanie. Um, Stephanie was actually listening to our episode on uh, Thirst. And I thought that was so funny because Stephanie um, I, is one of my very close friends and also we are co-workers. And um, she literally um, said very shyly, I have some housekeeping notes. And I was like, oh, really? I was oh, like, thank cool. you. <laughs> she, said, she said, well, thank you. know, you mentioned the um, hopping uh, vampires in Thirst. And she was like, um, the hopping vampires in Japanese mythology are, are hopping and they're, they're blind. And she was like, I know you kind of touched on hopping oh. vampires. I was just going to, she was like, I just wanted to let you know that they, they're hopping around because they're blind. And I said, well, I remember the movie you told me about was a comedy. And Thirst is a little bit comedic. But I was like, since you brought it up, I do appreciate that. So thank you, Steph, for your um, viewer-inspired uh, housekeeping. So <laughs> now, did you thanks, have Steph. any house? Thanks, Steph. Did you have any uh, housekeeping on uh, The Vast of Night, Katie? I had lots of housekeeping. Um, I stupidly called the documentary Horror Noir, Film Noir, when it was Horror Noir, which I knew it was saying it incorrectly, and I said it anyways. Um, and then the guy that played Keenan's dad and Keenan and Kel, who was also on the documentary's name is Ken Forey, um, who was in all the Dawn of the Dead movies and the Rob Zombie Halloween reboot, which I was like, oh! That's why I know his name, because everyone always mentions him from the Dawn of the Dead movies. Um, and then the guy that plays David on Evil, I was right. His name is Mike, and it does start with a C. It's Mike Coulter from Luke Cage. So, just went to... I mean, I'm sure people could IMDB that, but I just went to look it up, because I felt stupid. That I was like, I know this man's name. Like, come on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was really all I had. So... That and Jumping Vampires. Yes. Um, did you see anything good other than the movie we saw? I know it was a holiday weekend. Yeah, so. um, I watched a few things so I can go over really quick. So um, it was actually, um, so Memoirs of a Geisha just got put on Netflix. And it's been literally years Aww. since I've watched Memoirs of a Geisha. So I think I saw it in theaters when I was like a kid. And I, I love loved the book. I remember loving the book. I have the book. I don't know if I've ever finished it, but... I don't know if I've shown you this piece of artwork that I did. In your living room. But, oh, well, it's hanging in my living room now. I was like, I feel like I hung her up, though. But when I was in high school, we did block printing for art class um, when I was, I think I was like a junior or senior. It was like one of the more senior art classes. 
because um, I took art all through all four years, and um, my mine was the like it was based on the the poster for Memoirs of a Geisha, and I did two colors. Her lips were one color, and the rest of her was another color. So, um, block printing's fun, by the way, but uh, you will cut your hands up real bad because it's like very sharp tools because it's basically woodworking tools. Yeah. Um, like wood carving tools, but we use plastic. Um, I hear what it was called. It was like cork, basically. That's it's really like cool. Cork. Anyways, but I love that movie. It's a great movie. Um, I how is it now as an adult? Like, um, there were some things. So it was like it's very beautiful. Like, um, Semechus, who's was Semechus's first name? Am I thinking Robert? Yeah, Zemeckis? Robert Semechus. I Robert, believe is the Robert. director. Yeah, am I losing think, my mind? I think he is. I think Robert Semechus directed it. I think you're right. It's like beautiful cinematography. Um, and I didn't so, but there's like a few things that like I don't know, like the the adult in me. Yeah, it's Robert Semechus. Um. Is it Robert Smekis? Damn it. I've been saying Robert Smekis. I'm looking. Way too many times. That's definitely his. That person. It's Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall, son of a bitch. <laughs> they, but Robert Smekis is, is a person. Yes. In the film industry. No wonder. I got the Rob right and just butchered the last name. So Rob Marshall directed it. Um, There is some amazing acting in it. And then on top of it, the cinematography is absolutely beautiful. Um, but now that I'm older, I was like, is Memoirs of a Geisha accurate? And it led me down this rabbit hole of, um, turns out Arthur Golden, so. who wrote the book, like, he had used this woman, like, basically, she told him about being a geisha, and she specifically was like, please do not tell anybody, I could get death threats for this. And he still thank you, he thanked her in the acknowledgments of the book. And so there was like a lawsuit. Oh my god! Yeah. So there was like a whole yes. lawsuit involving that. And then on top of it, um, a big thing in the movie, a plot is misuge, which is like um, basically the selling off of your virginity um, to like the highest bidder. It's like, right. and turns out that wasn't something that was very common as a geisha. Like that didn't typically happen um, with geishas. There was another form of not. It wasn't um, yes. prostitution. I'm trying to think of the right word. I apologize. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've, I think Brittany and I both fall into the YouTube rabbit hole of people living in Japan, and I want to go to there. And so yes. I have fallen down so many rabbit holes of, what's the culture like in Japan? Yes. Um, without trying to be creepy about it. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I have a whole playlist on my YouTube that um, is just, places i want to go but 99 percent of them are places in japan from like travel vlogs yep, and things exactly like so i feel it and, th- and you know of course i want to go to the the temple with um shit i can't remember where it is but there's a very there's a very famous temple in memoirs of a geisha where it's orange yes. pillars and she runs through it's a beautiful it's a beautiful um scene and rob marshall did chicago too Oh, so, like, he's a he's a very good visual director, which Chicago can be really boring as a stage play, but is a very exciting movie. Yes, I would agree so, with that. he's really good. He likes musicals, and he likes music, and you can tell that because the dance sequence in Memoirs of a Geisha is very elaborate and very long. Yeah. For, like, a regular movie. Yeah, um, and it's, it is but, beautiful, no. and I think it's the right word I'm looking for is... Um, Kamaro, which is more like a courtesan, I think is what Misuge is usually um, more um, more in terms with than Geisha. 
also found out yeah. something interesting. Which would make sense. The book was a bestseller everywhere except Japan. And the reason that's being, this is actually interesting. So not for the reasons that it was an American writing, or not American, but an English person writing about a Japanese, like, uh, cultural um, thing. So what it was is that the way the novel is written, probably because it had, it was from the viewpoint of, of a woman who was a Japanese geisha, Japanese people who read it, there was not really, like, anything exotic about it. They just were like, oh, like, they didn't realize, like, it was written very much in rhyme of the typical <laughs> Japanese, like, novel. So there's nothing special to them about this yeah. novel, essentially, which I thought was really funny. Um, but, onwards, I actually watched Clueless uh, all the way for the first time through. I've never seen the whole movie Clueless. Oh, it was your first time watching it all the yeah, way through? Yeah, all the way through. So, yeah, i only seen parts of it. And for some reason, I've seen the interstate scene like ten times. And never seen the whole movie. And me and Taylor were just laughing at it. Because, oh my god, just to be a teenager in the 90s. Like, it's... <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. Yeah. Also, wait, before we get off Memoirs of mm-hmm. Vacation too far. Isn't it weird, though? Like, I didn't... For... I know Michelle... I knew Michelle Yeoh... Oh, I love her. ...was not japanese and i love her she's so good in that movie but like literally there are japanese actors in memoirs of a geisha but most of the female leads are chinese Chinese, or i think michelle yao is malaysian um but except for ken watanabe but he's so like charming in memoirs of a geisha and i was like no wonder she has a crush on him he is so sweet and charming um also what's his face who plays stottlemyre and who played uh, Buffalo Bill is in it. Too. Yeah. Ted Levine. Ted Levine's like randomly in the end of Memoirs of Vacation. I was like, what the hell is Ted Levine doing in here? Anyways, sorry, but Clueless. Yeah. Clueless is, is one of my favorite movies. Famously an adaptation of Emma. Yes. Yes. I was going down the rabbit hole of like movies that, um, were inspired by other works of literature and plays, and it showed the clueless as Emma. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. And yeah, mm-hmm. I never knew that until the last couple of years of my life. Um, so mm. we also. I'm an Austin yes. obsessor, so. You just were like automatically. Too much. Yeah, like She's I, the Man is a. No, yeah. no, no. Then Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. And then She's the Man is based yes. on. Um, oh, uh, uh, uh. Mm. Brother Bertini. Another Shakespeare. Okay. But... Uh, Bert- Brother Bertini to be sister. No, I can't remember yeah. which one it is. Yeah, I'm like, it's not The Tempest. Yeah. It's not. It's not much to do about nothing. It's not. It's not a romantic one. Hold on. Yep. Which I had to cut this part out, I think, for time, but I have my Shakespeare right next to me. I will, I will figure out which one it is once I see it. Twelfth Night? No. As You Like It? It may be. Is it As You Like It? Remember? It's Twelfth Night. It is Twelfth Night. Oh, yay! Okay, cool. Yeah, because it's about twins, Viola and Sebastian. Viola pretends to be her brother, Sebastian. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Riverside Shakespeare. Yes. Um. Last but not least, night. I did actually cool. just watch this last night. Um, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but I will say this movie I watched last night... Um, it's a horror movie. It's a brand new horror movie that just launched on Netflix. And I was actually really fucking upset about two of the deaths in the movie. Which I think is a testament to how good a horror movie is. And I'm talking about Fear Street 1994. I watched it too! That's what my big one was to talk about. I just watched it because I read so many Fear Street books as a kid. Oh my gosh, the sound is going crazy right now because I was so excited. I watched, this is a perfect segue to what I watched because I also watched it. 
Um, I watched like almost every, I read almost all the Fear Street books, and me and my friends in middle school would pass them around. We'd we'd rent them from the library, but we'd pass them around to each other, and I could read one to two every day, like because they're not very hard. Yeah reads but they're they're like they're page turners you're like oh what the fuck's gonna happen um so i have been counting down until the fear street miniseries was happening and i was i almost didn't watch it this weekend and then i watched it i finally watched it and i was like oh i loved it honestly i thought it was perfect i thought there was enough of nowadays in it but the throwbacks to it like put me back in the 90s pretty hard there's a couple like there's a couple like things where i was like mm, no but mostly like i was like they were pretty accurate with like aim hey well it's a messenger the music was very 90s that was one of my only like, qualms was when that they started playing especially in the early half of the movie they kept playing too many songs like you would have like creep and um another song there was like damn i wish i was your lover i'm only happy when it rains like i was like they just played song, six songs in so. three minutes calm your tits <laughs> yeah i think they were just trying to like set the 90s mood yeah. too i think they were trying to be like we're in the 90s <laughs> how can we say that without saying it we'll just play a lot of 90s grungy like alternative music it's basically all of my 90s playlist yeah. so it's like the alternative that's kind of rare but you probably still heard of it because that's like me like i'm not as good at britney at getting underground music like, sometimes I will, but, like, most if I'm like, oh, I heard this really cool band, Brittany's like, oh, I've been listening to it for 27 years, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But, like, like it was like, yeah, it was, they hit, they hit the hits. They didn't go too crazy, like, they weren't playing, like, I Love No Doubt, but they weren't, like, playing Just a Girl or anything like that. I think they were sticking to, like, the grunge, because Shadyside yeah. is a creepy town, and no one's going to listen to pop alternative or pop punk. We didn't really have pop punk then, though, in 1994. It was all grunge and, um, yeah, and alternative. Literally, stuff. the first song they played. Spice Girls hadn't the even The first song got they played is "Closer" by Nine Inch Nails off the Downward Spiral, which was like a huge album in '94. So I was like mm-hmm. laughing because I was like, "Damn, they started off right with Closer," which is, I I don't know if you got uh. this feeling. I felt like it was a PG-13 movie with a. It's actually rated R. But it felt like a PG-13 movie with a lot of cussing. Yeah. A lot of cussing. Like, I was like, these kids have said fuck like 30 times. There's a times. lot of cursing. Yeah. <laughs> but but that was that was kind of Fear Street. The Did you read the Fear Street I books? I had it. I read Goosebumps religiously. And I oh! I knew Fear Street, but really? I didn't read Fear Street. I, I liked Goosebumps, and I did read Goosebumps, but I'm... I think because I got into Goosebumps right when I was in middle school, like, like I preferred Fear Street because I wanted something a little older. Yeah. And a little more murdery. Um, because people do die in Fear Street. Yeah. Um, but it was generally, there was generally a happy ending at the end. But not always, because it is R.L. Stein. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it was very Fear Street. And Fear Street didn't curse as much. But there was a lot of violence and sex without, it was like PG-13 sex. It was like watching Scream. Yeah. But uh, I really liked it. And I can't wait. The, the next one comes out this weekend. Yeah, it does. And so, I'm excited. the 80s one. And once again, without spoiling anything, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But, like, the death that I'm talking about, I was like, yeah, I was. It grossed me I out. I just was so upset. Yeah, we're, we're. <laughs> I was very upset. I was like, 
but also like they hadn't done as much gore as I expected them to. Yeah. So I was I was happy for the gore because they did the gore. They did they the gore. Did. They did it yeah, up. Yeah, they did. Um, but I was I was upset because of who it happened yeah. to. I thought that was upsetting. Um, but they didn't really like. Um, they they didn't pussyfoot with the gore and the violence because the main characters get get hurt several times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I can't wait for the second one. Um, I also watched, which I meant to say this a couple weeks ago because I watched it a couple weeks ago. I finally watched Shazam, ah. which was awesome. It was very good. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. That's what my on my list though. It's. <laughs> I feel like it was on HBO, but I could be wrong. It, it is was streaming. Yeah. It's really good. I really liked it. It was really good, and I didn't know a lot about Shazam, the superhero. So, um, I thought it was really, 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 really good. Um, and, yeah, it was great. Um, very funny. Um, very good. I really liked it. Um, and then last night, I was going to watch Psycho Gorman, but for some reason, my Amazon Prime was messing up. So, I was like, oh, I should watch, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I watched WandaVision, and I like that. But then I was like, I haven't seen a single Captain America movie, so maybe I should watch Captain America movie before I watch that. So I ended up watching Captain America, Aww. which I really liked, I probably because it took place in the 40s, and I like that time period. Yeah. Um, and Chris Evans, who I unfortunately like- is an ass man. <laughs> I don't have an, enough of an ass, but um, I was I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, it was really cute and, um, mostly funny and lighthearted. Um, and I thought all the supporting roles were really good. I didn't realize Tommy Lee Jones and, um, Stanley Tucci were in it. Mm-hmm. I love Captain America. It's actually one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I guess with that, we should get into, uh, PG Psycho Gorman. We should. Um, so this week's movie is PG Psycho Goreman. Yes, it is a riff on E.T. Um, Psycho Goreman is a film about two kids who stumble upon a mysterious gem that gives them the power to control the universe's ultimate evil, Psycho Goreman. Um, and it's basically an independent film that's a Shutter exclusive right now by writer and director Stephen Kostansky. Um, Kostansky? Kostansky, that sounds right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, um, he's a Canadian filmmaker who often, his, his real daytime film job is prosthetics and special effects makeup, which I think is really cool. And it really shows in this movie. Um, but some of his credits include, which I thought was really cool, he's been doing the Hannibal series, like the TV series Hannibal he did, special effects for that. Crimson Peak. Yeah. And It. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. And Suicide Squad, the bad one. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't seen the we haven't seen the new one yet. So, but the the one that everyone riffed on. Um, but he also did directorially this movie, The Void, which I haven't watched, but it's been on my list forever, and I've heard it's really interesting. Um, this TV TV series called Divorce Dad, the TV series, and I've heard it's very funny. Um, Leprechaun Returns, which I have no idea if that's good or bad. And he's he did a, a part of the ABCs of Death 2, which is an anthology film. 
And um, he's really more into, like, filmmaking than writing. He said he kind of writes films to get to the filmmaking part because that's his favorite part. Um, but currently, I thought you would like this, Britt. He's working on The Boys Season 2 and The oh, Umbrella Academy. yay! So that's where he's employed right now. Cause that's he awesome. Was, he did an interview with Mr. H Reviews on YouTube and he was talking about, like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do quite. I have some ideas. But right now I'm really busy because I'm working on The Boys and Umbrella Academy. That's awesome. For special effects. So he does a lot of special effects stuff. Um, and it's an interesting movie. This movie's obviously a satire. Um, but I would say it's it's for very specific tastes because it is, like, a kid's adventure movie and an ultra-violent 80s horror monster movie smashed into one. Um, and I think if you grew up in the early 90s or late 80s and you like that kind of stuff, it's going to be right up your alley. If not, is probably not the movie for you. I think this is going to be a very divisive movie. And not in like an angry way, just I think people are either going to get it and like it or like it's not going to be their taste. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. I wouldn't say I'm as passionate about it as some other people are. But I also was really excited because I'm sure I've mentioned them on the podcast before. Um, the YouTube great channel, the greatest channel on YouTube, Red Letter Media, uh, if you like movies. Um, there is a person named Rich Evans who is like kind of the scapegoat for all of their bits and they always make fun of Rich. Um, and Rich was famously on the Ellen show accidentally because... There is a picture of him as a child at a, um, it's not Chuck E. Cheese, but it's like the northern version of Chuck E. Cheese with the creepy bear. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. But he's there for his birthday party as a child, and his name's Rich, but they got him a t-shirt that said Dick the Birthday Boy. And when Julia Roberts was on Ellen, that picture came up as like a funny game or something like, what do you think's the story behind this picture? So, Rich Evans has been on The Ellen Show. But he voices one of the monsters in this movie. And he's just a very small part. But he's always going, oh my god! And he says it in the movie. And so, they reviewed it. They weren't asked to review it. They just said, like, hey, um, it came out around the same time as Promising Young Woman. And they reviewed it on the same um, review. And so, I had heard about it. And I was like, I want to see something Rich Evans in. Because he makes me laugh. And um, uh, that's why I was interested in it. And also, it just looked very grindhousey. Yeah. Like, it's an underground movie. Basically, everyone who worked on the movie works in film. But this was kind of like, they all viewed it as like a break from their regular film jobs. Because most of them work on TV shows where it's just like, you're working every day. And it's very grueling. And this was kind of like a fun break for everybody. So you can kind of see that in how it's made is it's... Like it's it almost seems like a like like little kids making a movie in their backyard, only with a bigger budget. Yeah, I can how this movie I can agree with that. Which I think is quintessentially Grindhouse because we were having this discussion with some friends like, oh, like sometimes Grindhouse like should mean like slasher movies or Grindhouse means this or Grindhouse means that, and I was like, well, I kind of feel like Grindhouse means like anything that's underground that people haven't gotten enough attention and people should see but haven't seen yet because I feel like Grindhouse is like underground stuff which is kind of how this movie feels um I don't know what everyone's definition of Grindhouse is but we did kind of pick it as a catch-all because we didn't want to pigeonhole ourselves in only horror movies yeah because that would get really 
boring really fast. Um, was there anything you want to point out about this movie before we get too far into it? I have a lot of notes for some reason. Yeah, no, um, nothing. I know we'll get more into How did this. you feel about it? I was underwhelmed. No, no, no. I was underwhelmed. Britney's and underwhelmed. And I feel really, really bad for saying that. Because it's like everything I could ask for in a movie, essentially. Like, And it was funny. There's a lot of parts of it that are really, really funny. And yes. I'm glad that it, a movie like this was made. Because it is such a particular niche of film. And I can I can appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um I don't, I, I just, I guess what made me upset is that I really, really wanted to love it. And I think I was so hyped for it. And then I watched it. And like I said, there was parts that I laughed. There was parts that I think were funny. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just overall, the whole experience felt underwhelming to me, I guess you could Aww. say. Um, also, you were you were protecting dogs from the fireworks I the was time, protecting so. dogs. I felt like this movie would have made, um, honestly, I felt like this movie would have made a, a better short film. Like I think they, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think they could have made it like a thirty-minute film, and it probably would have been phenomenal. Now there is a lot of really cool things about this movie. Like Katie was pointing out, the uh, costumes are like the costumes and make makeup are straight up like nineteen nineties Power Ranger. Like it's really cool. Yeah, like it's really really cool. I, and there was even like a Power Rangers guitar rift in the first opening scene. Yeah, where the two little kids are playing, and I was like, I'm pretty sure y'all are doing this on purpose, but I love it. Yeah, so. But I do think it is a little muddled in, is it the 80s, is it the 90s? The time period's a little muddled, unlike something like Stranger Things, which is very particular. So I will say, like, it's kind of weak in that aspect. It's yeah. probably, like, what got me. Like, at one point, somebody mentions the Iraq War. So I was like, wait, I thought we were, like, in 1996. And we're like, which Iraq? Are we talking about the Iraq War? Like, the one in the Middle East that's kind of still going on or are we talking about like the gulf war i'm trying to figure out what because i was thrown off but then they're also playing with an n64 yeah um so i don't know like because i thought it was more like late 80s early 90s so and also the kids are dressed very neutrally yeah so it could be maybe they were trying to not be specific there's some things that i'm like eh. and even the director was like i wish we had because again they did it more as like for fun yeah. Anything else? They kind of had a friend who wanted. They had a friend who had a friend who had a lot of money that they wanted to invest in a fun movie, and so they were like, "Okay." And it is also a very specific brand of humor. So there was parts I laughed out loud, yes. but it is very. It's a. It's one of those weird humor things. So I. I liked that. It what, is an. Yeah. I. I have that weird humor mostly because. I will quote and credit Red Letter Media. They are very big fans of, like, non-humor. Like, like the opposite of funny is funny. And, like, awkward pauses and just, like, holding on a scene too long on purpose. Like, that kind of stuff. I like that kind of stuff. I like... But also, like, there were a lot of really funny, like, little... Like, there were, I will, there was a couple things that just really made me laugh out loud. But I will say, like, I didn't... It wasn't as crazy amazing as I thought it was going to be like it didn't blow me away but I thought for what it is and what it's trying to be it's a fun watch yeah fair enough and if you have any nostalgia for the early 90s late 80s you will probably like it I think this one is better to watch with a group or at least two people too yes yeah I would say so and I kind of 
thought we were going to watch it together at girls' night, and then time got away from us. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. So then I ended up watching it by my, just with me and Gizmo. So. Which was still fun. Gizmo still watched it with me, but uh, I thought it would have been more fun with people. Yeah, yeah me too. I feel like if you want to watch it, watch it with a group. Um, but I guess well, the, the cast is pretty unknown. Yeah. Honestly. Um, the only person who has, like, credit credits would be the guy that plays the dad. So I'll quickly go through everybody. Um, I'm not quite sure how you say her name because it's Nita Josie. I thought it was Hannah. Josie too. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Jose. I don't know. J-O-S-E-E. Um, as Mimi. Um, this is only her second film. She's also a dancer. And we've got Owen Meyer as Luke, um, who's done a lot of TV and short films, but this is one of his first, like, film films. Um, and he's currently working on his own script for a coming-of-age film. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. That is cool. Because um, he's pretty young. He's, like, 15 or 16, I think, now. I think he was probably 14 when this movie was filmed. Because this movie was filmed in 2019. It was supposed to have its premiere in March of 2020, and it ended up not being released until 2021. So, um, which is unfortunate because of covid but it's kind of like people are talking about this movie like like shutter originals happen a lot and i hear about a lot of shutter movies which is one of the reasons why i have the subscription because they do come out with original films and some of them are really cool um but like this one's gotten a lot more pull than i think a lot of the new ones have had so um, a lot of people have talked about them but mimi and luke are siblings in the movie um they have two parents, Greg and Susan. Greg is played by Adam Brooks, who has probably the biggest uh, credits of the entire cast. Um, he was actually an uncredited part in the Grudge 2020 <laughs> remake. And then he was in another Wolf Cop, so I'm guessing it's a sequel to Wolf Cop, which I actually have seen, which is kind of the same vein as this. Like, it's like an 80s spoof movie made recently. And he was in that Divorce Dad TV series. And then Alexis Cara Hansi plays Susan. Um, this is, again, she does a lot of short films, but this is her first full film. And then we've got two people that play PG or Psycho Goreman. One person is, like, the body. His name is Matthew Nineveh, um, which this is only his fourth movie. And Stephen Vallejos is the voice, who is, like, it's a really cool voice that he does. Um, but the only movie I saw for him is, like, oh, it's a TV show called Alien House. And then... There are three people that play the villain, whose name is Pandora. Kristen McCullough, uh, Anna Tierney, Roxine LaToya Plummer. And, yeah. Like, none of them had a lot of credits. So, like, it was kind of, I was like, I feel like we should name everybody. But also, like, nobody's been in a lot of stuff because this is, like, an independent movie. And it seems like a lot of, some of the adults, like, have worked with each other before. Um, but none of them have done, like, a ton of movies. Which, I thought, honestly, the performances were pretty good for not having done a ton of movies. Yeah. They knew, they knew the assignment, and they did it well. Yeah. I think, I've heard people, and I'm not gonna say this because she is a child, people were annoyed by the character of Mimi. But I think she is, like, she's supposed to be what she is. Yeah. And she, the actress does it really well. So... I, like, I would say the second time around, I definitely liked her better, but you're not supposed to like her, if that makes any sense. She's supposed to be an annoying brat. 
It's kind of like if Angelica Pickles was the main character. Yeah. That's what her character is. Um, but yeah, I guess we should get into some spoilers. Um, is there anything you want to say before we get too spoilery, Britt? No, not really. Um, I, I guess like, yeah, it's, it's still a really interesting movie. Um, I'm, I'm happy to touch on some of the things that I do think were really humorous. Cause I hate to be like, oh, I just didn't like this yeah. movie. That wasn't the case. I, I liked it decently. I just guess I'm more disappointed that I didn't like it more just because it, it seemed like right up my alley. I had that with, what movie was it a few weeks ago that you loved Dorfinish. and I wanted to love? And I just like. The Orphanage. Which one? The Orphanage. Yes. I just didn't love it. And I just was like disappointed that I didn't love it because I thought I was going to love it. Yeah. Um, It happens. It happens. I mean, yeah, it happens. It's not a big deal. And that, I mean, honestly, it would be boring if we liked the same movie every week. Yeah. Like a lot of times we do align, but I think it's a more interesting discussion when one person likes something more than the other person. Yeah. When you're doing, like, a review. Um, unless you're just both super passionate about it. Like, pa- like a... I almost said Pandora. Uh, Parasite. Because Parasite, like, was probably our most, like, energetic episode ever. Because we're just like, this story is amazing! Ah! Yeah. So. Um, but they can't all be Parasite. That's true. So, that's okay. That's why it's such a special movie. It is. Um... So I guess we'll start off with the spoilers. Three, two, one. Spoiler time. It's the heckin' best. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That song's been stuck in my head, Yeah, actually. we'll get to that, too. Um, <laughs> so we open the movie um, with, like, there's an opening crawl, a la, like, every bad straight-to-VHS B-action sci-fi flick of the 80s. <laughs> Um, but basically they say that an ultimate evil was imprisoned. Um, and we see Mimi and her older brother Luke playing a game they call Crazy Ball. This is where they're, um, they're playing basically a ripoff of the Power Rangers theme. And then it, it pulls the camera angle back and there's no music. And you just see these two little kids just wailing on each other. And you're, it's very funny. It's, it's humorous. It's, so straight on, you're like, oh... This is satire. This they, they're supposed to, they're making fun of this. Okay, cool. Um, basically, Mimi is the boss, and she kicks her brother's butt, um, and um, she forces him to dig his own grave. <laughs> yeah. And um, instead of like him getting actually put in the grave, they find this magical pink gem, and um, she ends up freeing it and she's like oh this is cool i get to keep it loser um and we meet their parents uh the very responsible susan and the very lazy and idiotic greg um and they tuck the kids into bed it's a it's a very 90s movie like good night like the tanner family good night moment kind of thing They're like have sweet dreams kids and mimi mimi and luke both ask their parents if monsters are real and the dad, very philosophically, is like, people are the real monsters. And you're like, okay. And then Susan's like, uh, but monsters aren't real, honey. It's okay. And Mimi goes, well, if they are real, can they kill Luke first? And they're like, Mimi, that's awful. And she's like, I mean, come on. Yeah. So Mimi's a fucking brat, Yeah. by the way. But I like her performance because she's like the most annoying bratty kid. It's kind of like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like... Don't hate the player. 
Hate the kid. character. Yeah. Um, I thought it was cute, too, because, like, they all, like, knock on the walls, kind of like the Waltons. Yeah. But not as creepily. Um, and then we have this Terminator-style, uh, uh, sequence where there's, there are these, like, criminals in an abandoned shoe factory, and they're like, oh, man, like, we beat that guy up. Yeah, we're the best. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, this ultimate evil monster just shows up and is like, I will show you pain for all eternity. And he just kind of, uh, like, he rips somebody's heads off and he decimates them. And then he leaves one, like, in frozen pain. And it's really gory and gross. But it's kind of fun. Yeah. You know? Like, it's fun gory. Like, there's, like, blood shooting out of everywhere. It's great. Um, do you want to continue or you want me to keep going? Um, I can, I can go a little bit. So, um, basically, I forgot. You can maybe enlighten me, Katie. I know that they somehow... Yeah. They... Um, I just lost my train of thought. So the next day, Mimi and Luke follow a trail to the shoe factory, and they discover yes. the monster. And the monster identifies himself as like the Archduke of Nightmares, and they're like, mm, I don't know about that yes. name. And um, so he's <laughs> yes. basically like been in prison on Earth because, of course, like most monsters, he was attempting to destroy the entire galaxy and was in prison. And yes. of course. Um, during the game that they were playing when Luke was digging his own grave, he finds a gem, and Mimi, um, and just, like, a moment of just being a kid figures out the puzzle really, really quick, because she's like, oh, I'm good at puzzles, and, uh, she, she opens up the gem, and that's Mm -hmm. what has released him, but because she's holding the gem, she also can control him, and, um, so, uh, they decide to name him a uh, psycho Goreman because they basically go down this list. He's like, yes. I'm the Archduke of Nightmares. And they're like, oh, I don't like that. So they go and they name him Psycho Goreman. Like Dinosaurus Rex and all these like really 90s and 80s like Megatron, all this shit. And they're like, no, Psycho Goreman, PG for short. And you're like, oh. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's really um, funny. And they leave him at the shoe factory overnight. Um, and Mimi's like, we're going to show him out on the town. And Luke's like, uh, Mimi, we need to maybe think about this. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. He's And he's like, it's it's a really funny juxtaposition because he's so serious and like dark. And the kids are just like, fuck you. It's fine. Um, and like overly happy and not scared at all, which is great. Um, also, they accidentally release his imprisoned criminal that's like in forever pain they accidentally like knock over his bloody corpse and let him die and he's like thank you and they're like he's like you have ruined my masterpiece children it's great yeah it's wonderful um but i think that's when we we learn about like this like galactic council kind of thing is the next scene which is literally like the director said it he kind of reminded him of the the bounty hunter lineup um, in Empire Strikes Back, where you just see all these bounty hunters, and you see Boba Fett, and he becomes a character, but you only see him for, like, five seconds. Or, like, even, like, the Mos Eisley tavern sequences in, in Star Wars, where there's all these really cool creatures, and you're like, what's their story? Um, but that's kind of how he saw all these different creatures, um, which is why everyone's pretty unique looking, I would say. And some of them look like something you've seen before, but a lot of them are pretty original looking, too, and I thought that was fun. Yeah. And I agree completely about yeah. that. Did you want to go into the Planetary Alliance a little bit? Okay. We can. Yes, absolutely. So the Planetary Alliance is basically run by this religious 
cult. I guess it's. I guess they're a, a race um, called the Templars, and Templar Pandora is like kind of the leader, um, and sh- they are the one that tied PG's soul to the the gem to stop him from stop him from destroying the galaxy. Um, she states that the gods will help her destroy him once and for all. But there's, like, in a move straight out of Darth Vader's playbook, she chokes the shit out of this one guy who's like, oh, magic, ha, ha, ha. And she's like, fuck you. I was like, oh, God. Um, and then she she's like, okay, so the ultimate evil has been awoken on Earth. What are the inhabitants of Earth? Bring me one of them. And so they summon this Earth lady, this human, and she's like, don't be afraid. And then she makes her into, like, a blood cube. Yeah. And then just smears her blood all over her face. And she just becomes a human. She just assumes her form. But then comes, like, the first time I, I laughed out loud is the next scene. Because Mimi and Luke bring their friend Alistair, which Mimi kind of has a crush on. Um, and they bring PG some presents. They bring him a TV, some VHS tapes, and some adult magazines with hunky boys. And he's like, I have no interest in hunky boys. And then he looks at the picture of a hunky boy and he goes, or do I? Yeah. And then he just kind of questions his sexuality for a second. <laughs> and like, they don't really hold it too long, but I was like, okay. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, it's, it's really, it's like, there's a couple jokes like that that's really funny. Um, and then Luke kind of asks uh, PG to explain what he is. And he goes into this huge, like, like thing where he's like, I'm from the planet Gygax, and the Templars were ensl- had enslaved us. And um, when I found the, he calls it par- Paracadike Dice? But it's like Parasadice. Parasadike? I don't know. Uh, the gem. When he found the gem, the shiny pink rock, um, it gave him the power to defeat them. And then he was like, so I freed my people, but that wasn't enough. I just had to keep killing. So basically he just went on a rampage and he had this army, the Paladins of Sidian. Um, And then the Templars stole his gem and sent it to Earth to keep him from power. Um, So then the kids leave and he sends out a message to his Paladins, um, to his army to come help him escape. And the TV starts bleeding and doesn't stop bleeding the entire movie which is a great because there's a throwback later where the dad sees the tv and he's like well this tv is bleeding that's weird and it's pretty funny um yeah do you want to keep going i think we're at dinner with yeah uh, so alistair comes to the house and um because alistair's not paying attention to mimi because he has no interest in mimi he wants to hang out with luke because he's friends with luke um she summons um pg to the house and basically He's like, oh, I can make him, like, pay attention to you if you like me to. And Mimi's like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. So he turns poor Alistair into, like, a giant brain-like creature. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's and it's, funny. like, a, it's hilarious, but it's really, really sad. And after he does this, Susan and Greg finally look out their kitchen window and are like, what the fuck? And basically, like, run out there. <laughs> and it's like, Mimi's like, it's okay, Mom and Dad, this is Peachy, he's my friend. And he's like, I will bathe in your he's blood. He's family. Yeah, and he's family. <laughs> and, and he just keeps going, I will kill you. I will kill you. I will kill you. And the parents are like, what the yeah, and she's like, but it's okay, because I can, I have this, and she's, like, showing them the gym, um, 
And so um, they end up going into this little musical montage that's like a minute and a half. And they're playing this song called I'm the Heckin' Best, which sounds a lot like Rebel Yell. It's like, I'm the Heckin' Best. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freak yourself. Freak yourself. Um, And you basically just see them like go on adventures and like um, little Alistair still They go play dress up. Yeah, he's dressing up and they have a little Alistair there. And because he's a giant brain, he's just wearing different hats. Like, it's actually, I really like that part of the movie. It's pretty fun. I thought it was really cute. I like the music montage. And apparently the director said like, you know, I have had this like this picture of a monster sitting at a drum set for years in my head and that's how it got into the movie because i just wanted to see him sit behind a drum set and start playing also alistair's playing the piano yeah. the keyboard which i thought was really funny it's cute um and yeah so yeah it's pretty funny and it's just like classic 80s 90s montage and there's like one kid who's like he calls him like a name and he's like nice costume idiot and he just obliterates him <laughs> so i guess mimi didn't care about that um it's pretty funny. And then uh, PG's kind of getting fed up with the hijinks and Mimi controlling him. So he comes to Luke in his nightmares and there's like all these zombies and stuff around his bed. It's kind of like there's a scene from, is it Phantasm? Where yeah. this little boy like wakes up like in a graveyard and there's like the, the, the tall man. man. Yeah. The tall man. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that scene. And um, he's like, what? what's going on? He's like, I can only talk to you in your nightmares. Um, because it's the only place Mimi can't hear him. So he's talking to Luke, and then Luke's like, I can't betray my sister. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, well, what happens now? He's like, we wait for your dream to end. <laughs> so apparently they just had to, like, sit for a few hours. It's pretty funny. And, uh, like, it's kind of like non-humor, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, and then they decide to teach... PG, their favorite game ever, which is called Crazy Ball. Crazy Ball. And there's a lot of rules. Yes. A lot of rules. Yes. Which I feel like is any game kids make up. Like, you start out with a simple game, and then you add a rule, and you add a rule, and you add a rule, and then I think everyone probably had a weird game as a kid that they had, like, a thousand rules for, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's kind of what happens. But the police see them playing with PG... Even though he's kind of wearing a cowboy outfit, I think, at this point. Yeah, he's wearing a cowboy outfit to kind of hide him. Um, and they, they think that he's going to hurt the kids, but um, he turns one of them into, like, a skinless zombie. Which, apparently, um, the director made a movie called Biocop, which was kind of like the cop becomes a mindless zombie. And that's kind of what it was. It's kind of sad because he just keeps asking them to kill him. Yeah, it's like really and sad. Like, why am I still alive? I'm like, I was laughing because it's like literally he, because um, the other cops runs away and then the bio cop is like in pain and just like, oh, oh. And Mimi's like, I guess we, like, I think it's here, Mimi or PG, that's like, I guess you have an extra player for the game. And she's like, oh. And so she starts displaying the rules of Crazy Cop to the bio, Crazy Ball to the bio cop. And he literally hands her a Valentine at one point and it says, please kill me. And she's like, oh, another Valentine. (laughs) And I'm like, that's my kind of humor. So I was like laughing at that, that the cops like, it was very funny. Yeah. I I really I really thought it was funny. And as they're as they're walking through the woods when he's giving her the Valentine, they're trying to explain what frick is. They're like, it's the best word ever. Um 
And then the paladins arrive, and PG's like, yes, you will free me from these little children. And nope, they want to kill him, because if they kill him, then they get to have peace. And it's funny, because they're, like, basically running, not a democracy, but, like, a, like, like a senate. Like, they're, they're running the planets like a senate, because they're all taking turns being the leader and stuff and like running peacefully and they're like no we like it and it's it's funny because this whole movie like you're rooting for like the bad guy <laughs> but it's like i don't know he's with kids so it's funny um and basically at first mimi's mad at him because he wanted the paladins to kill them and she lets him get beat up and then finally she's like okay fine if you say you're sorry you can beat them up and so he does and this is rich evans is one of the paladins like he's the big cauldron that shoots blood out oh that's yeah him. um yeah he's pretty funny uh he didn't have a lot of lines but i was like oh that's nice is this like when you've been watching somebody for a very long time and they're like they cross over into like i want to say like real media but like not youtube but they actually do a good job because then there's other youtubers that have tried to cross over into stuff and it's like yeah ooh, it's hard to make that smooth transition sometimes um but um basically he just destroys and consumes his enemies because being eaten is a warrior's death which is a running joke in the movie because he's like i will give you a warrior's death and people are like no i don't want that um but then (laughs) this part made me laugh because the kids are like um at some point he asks them what love is too yeah like, they have a little discussion about, like, what is love? And they try to explain it to him. And he's like, I do not understand this concept of love. Um, but basically, they're like, oh, you've defeated your enemies. Great. And then he like he's like, yes, it's time to rest. And he, like, falls over. And they're like, oh, no, PG, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm dying. <laughs> they're just like, what? I don't know why it was funny. Because, like, it's, like, immediately, like, he's like, I'm dying. It's funny. Um, and then... Susan's getting annoyed with Greg's laziness. I like that they sprinkle this familial drama, but it's pretty realistic. Like, Susan, like, does everything around the house. Greg's super lazy. And they have this really funny fight where she's like, I did this, this, and this. Will you please clean this up? You don't do anything. And he's like, yeah, I do. And she's like, really? What do you do? And he can't come up with a comeback until he's in the bathroom sitting on the toilet. And he's like, what do you do, Susan? I have a BA in English. (laughs) It's very funny. Um, and then, uh, Greg gets summoned while he's on the toilet by PG, where he just comes, like, a face, like, like, it's almost like, uh, Mrs. Weasley with the, the telegram to Ron. He's like, you must come get me or we shall all perish. He's like, where are you? At the corner of Ryerson and Smith. Where is that? Can you give me directions? He goes, like, it's like, so he'll come in and he's like, ah! He'll be like, come get me right now! And then, like, he goes away. He's like, but, but where are you? And he comes back. He's like, ah, I'm at the corner. Like, it, it, it it's is really kind great. of, it's really, it's kind of humorous. Like, it's funny. Yeah. And also, like, he's on the toilet. Yeah. So he, it's just, it's he literally Because I mean, off like, the that toilet. is what like, it would happen. Like, he's so scared he falls off the toilet yeah. and then goes, lands in the shower. And rubber, <laughs> I don't know if this was staged or not, but Rubber Ducky even lands on him, like, perfectly in the shower. So, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh, but it was funny. I thought it was funny. And Greg goes and picks up the kids and PG. And then they, like, throw their wagon in the back with him. Like, hey, can you move over for my wagon? Even though you're dying. Yeah, exactly. And it's just funny. Because 
I just imagine them filming this because, like, literally, because it's all, like, it's mostly practical effects. Like, it's a, you can tell that they really did drive with a pickup truck with this guy in this costume, this scary costume down the road. I'm like, how many people passed them? Because it wasn't that big of a budget. It was, like, under a million Canadian dollars. So, you know someone saw that and was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Also, just the red wagon in the middle of it made me laugh. Um... Uh, and, uh, they, they come back to the house and there's this lady waiting with Susan and it's the human form of Pandora because she went to the police station and was like, Hey, I'm looking for this guy. And one of the police officers was like, Oh, I know who that is. Um, and basically she's already gotten to Susan and Susan's like, guys, just come inside, let them deal with this. And, um, Mimi and Greg are like, fuck this. I was like, yeah, because Mimi's, like, uh, the controlling one. And Greg's just like, yeah, I'm going to do this just because I'm mad at Susan. And uh, Luke stays up with Susan because he's fed up with Mimi's shit. She's like, go beat her up. And he's like, I'm so sick of it. You're We're supposed to be a team, and I don't like it. But Greg has the best line because as he drives away. He goes, how's that for lazy Susan? <laughs> Which was really funny. Um do you want to go for a little bit? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, and Luke sighs with Susan Pandora while Greg and me drive away to the shoe factory to take PEG there. Um, Pandora reveals her true form, and she actually gets tra- uh, Susan to, like, drink this liquid to transform into, like, this armored warrior. Um, and so she transforms, and at the shoe factory, um, PG tells uh, Mimi the only way for him to heal is for memory, uh, Mimi to give him the gym. And so, like, Greg's like, hey, let me talk to my daughter for a minute. And uh, This is my best. Yeah, he's just, like, part. basically, One of the best parts. he's, like, basically, like, <laughs> I, you know, there was this time I trust this man um, who was in the van and told me he had baseball bars. Yeah. He was in, yeah, and so he was like, and I got in there, and I had a great time looking at these baseball cards. So what I'm saying you should do is trust, like, your your weird, like, oversized friend. Your creepy monster friend. Yeah. yeah. And she's it's like, the grown-up thing to do. It's the grown-up thing to do, and you're just like, oh my god, it's the worst advice in the world. But Mimi does agree. So, he prefaces this with, I know I'm not a good father, or a smart father, but this one time. Yes. That's great. It's really, it's really great because it's like so awful. And so Mimi does agree to to give PG the gym if he spares her family. But then she realizes she's lost it, and so and that's when Pandora. Although sees after her, she yeah. prays to God, yeah. Oh, after oh God, I forgot about this... that scene. Thank you for a reminder. Yeah, she goes into this room and there's a crucifix, and she she starts praying to Jesus. She's like, God, I'm gonna do whatever the heck I want, but. There's, I need some help to make a big decision. She's like, which sunglasses should I wear? And she's like, heck, I'm going to wear the zebra ones. It's, it's, they do a lot of, like, great setups. It's like, kind of like the van discussion. Because he's like, and he had a big collection of baseball cards and stuff. Like, it's great. But I will say they both play it off really well. So you're like, oh, my God, is he going to tell her a story about how he got raped by an, a man in a van? Um, but no, he just got to look at baseball cards. And apparently it was the best time he ever had. Um... But yeah, the Mimi's like, okay, I'll give you the rock, and then she realizes she doesn't have it, and um, Pandora and Susan and Luke all show up, um, which is when the final battle begins. 
Which is funny, because Susan, so Susan's fighting Greg, Luke and Mimi are fighting, and PG and Pandora are fighting, but he's so weakened that Pandora's kind of, like, got him in a lock, and he, like, demands, it's almost like Tyrion demanding a trial by combat, not the cat, Tyrion the person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would Tyrion ever demand a trial by combat? Possibly. 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 Um... And so he is like, he demands that Mimi pick the battle. And she's like, we're going to pick Crazy Ball. And she's, they got back to the end where she's explaining the rules. And Pandora's like, um, explain the switcheroo, please. She's like, nope, should have listened. Time to start. And so they start playing Crazy Ball. And the, the council kind of looks, looks, is watching and, like, I just, this part made me laugh hysterically because, like, one of the guys was like, I just don't understand sports. And I was like, oh, it's me every time I watch a game. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's great. It's great. Uh, here, you talk a little bit more. I'm sorry. No, I no, you're good. Excited. You're good. Because you, you, I think, I think you, you remember more details than I do. Um, I do know that Mimi's team does win, um, but Pandora tries to take. With the switcheroo. Yeah. With the switcheroo, exactly. Yeah. But Pandora does try to... Which was a callback, because that was the first thing. Well, the first game they played, she won with the switcheroo as well. Yes. So they've got, they got callbacks. Yeah. They, they do that. Which is cool. Yeah, definitely. But Pandora tries to attack anyway, and because of that, Susan's like, oh, hell no, because it's her child. So Susan mm-hmm. uses her powers to fight off Pandora and save Mimi, but then she's turned back during that. And somehow, um, it's really funny. I think it's when... Um, I think it's when they win, also, uh, Greg high-fives PG, yes. and, like, he, like, breaks a tendon in his arm or something. Breaks his hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's really gross, yeah. too. It's really bloody, but it's funny. He's like, oh, my God, my hand is broken. And then when Susan passes out, like, she kind of faints after she's been transformed back into her human self. And he's like, oh, Susan, he catches her, and you think it's going to be this romantic moment. He's like, I forgive you, Susan. He's like, oh, Susan, you got to drive me to the hospital. He's like, I think something's wrong with my hand. And she's, like, soaking wet. Yeah. It's so funny. Um, And by the way, Mimi had made a deal with PG that if she gives him the rock, he has to save her family. Um, So, but then this was the other thing I forgot to say. She... (laughs) She, her dad's like, you sure you don't want, you should have asked for everybody on the planet, too, to be spared me. I mean, she's like, oh, yeah, oh, well. He goes, yeah, oh, well. And it's like, you could, oh, but you could, oh, my God. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, But, yeah, PG basically um, decides to make a a meat sword yeah. out of Pandora. Um, by the way, the reason Pandora, Pandora has this giant sword that transforms from her wings because the costume was so cumbersome that they could barely fit the wings into the set. So they were like, we don't want her to fight with the wings, but she has the wings the rest of the movie. How do we get rid of them? Oh, they'll morph into a sword, which I thought was very interesting. That's cool. Um, isn't that cool? That is cool? I was like, oh, that's good. That's that's problem solving 101. Um, but basically PG makes a meat sword of Pandora and kills her and then gives her a warrior's death yep she goes no and he eats her oh and the kids are just like you don't want to see this i like too how like he tells her like uh she calls him like the archduke of nightmares he's like no my name is psycho gore man and she's like that's beautiful yeah (laughs) 
It's very funny. It's a cute. It's a cute movie, y'all. It's cute. Uh, and it's really disgusting, but it's mostly cute. But I do think the director even said this. He was like, I don't think there's anything that disturbing in this movie because, like, I think a kid shouldn't see this movie necessarily. But I don't think there's anything that outlandish or that disturbing. Like, there's no sexual content. Uh, other than the hunky boys, and that's just like, oh, that's the other thing. Pandora tries to destroy his hunky boys magazines at some point during the battle. He's like, my hunky boy. Yes, it's really funny. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, yeah. And so, anyways, Mimi apologizes to Luke, and Greg forgives Susan. Um, and um, PG goes off to destroy the universe, but first. He says he will spare their family. And it, it's he never remembers Luke's name. He's like, thank you, Mimi and Susan and Greg. And boy, I will spare your lives. And thank you for teaching me. The true power comes from within. The power of love. And they're always like, what? Okay. And then he just like opens a portal and goes to another part of town and just starts destroying everything. It's like... But they're just like, it's great, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And then the end sequence is like little Alistair eating dinner with his parents, but he's still a brain. Yeah, poor guy. It's cute. It's cute. Oh no, poor Alistair. I do feel bad for him. Um And there's I do. And there's even so you see PJ PG is a giant and he's like fighting the army and still destroying the city as a, like a fucking giant version of himself. Yeah. Um and then you see the Planetary Alliance, and they're debating because they have a shotgun. They're like, who wants to commit suicide first? So, yeah. It's so funny. It's dark humor. It but is. It's funny. So, okay, yeah, kids shouldn't see it because of all the suicide references. But, like, generally, it's not... It kind of reminds me of, like, Monster Squad, too, where Monster Squad was kind of, like, it was a kid's movie, but there's a lot of, like, language in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, which I haven't seen Monster Squad in forever. Um, but there's a lot of, like, it reminded me of Monster Squad, it reminded me of, obviously, the, um, of, like, E.T. and those kinds of movies. But there was also, like, the director had just seen Rawhead Rex, which, I don't know if you've seen Rawhead Mm -hmm. Rex, I've seen parts of it. But it's basically, like, it's a, it's based on, um, shit, who wrote Hellraiser? Oh, Clive Clive Barker, Barker, yeah. It's based on a Clive Barker character, but it's a not super well-made it's either Scottish or Welsh. Or is it Irish? I don't know. It's like a northern United Kingdom movie. Um, but it's like, it, it basically he looks like a really angry penis. Oh, okay. His head looks like an angry penis. And that's why it's raw head Rex. And he basically kills... It's either he's afraid of women or he kills women. Or he makes men horny until they kill people. Something like that. It's a very weird movie. Um, but it's, like, an 80s slasher movie, like, monster movie. Um, and, um, that was one of the th- references. And if you've seen the costume for Rawhead Rex, you can see the the influences of this movie, too. Um, also, like, he, you know, it's like, there's, like, Star Wars in it. There's Masters of the Universe. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just really, um, I don't know. It's a fun little movie. I think it's really cool. Some cool stuff with the costumes. Um, they use foam latex for PG, um, but they use UV paint, and they had to bring a UV light everywhere so he would glow. So his little pink lines. Oh, that's cool. Which I thought I was like, that's cool. Um, and the woman who played Pandora was practically blind the whole time because of the mask. 
Um, so, but she, you know, I, there's actually like a little, I think it's Dread Presents has a little, on their YouTube channel, has a little featurette of like just behind the scenes stuff of them making all the creature effects. And it's really fun to watch. I'm like, I wish I had learned special effects in college because I think I would have so much fun doing that. It just looks so much fun. Um, but even the director's like, this movie feels a very specific spot on the 90s video shelf. Yeah. You know, it's it's very specific. I think it does what it wants to do, and it's fun, but it's definitely a niche film. Yeah. So, I do think, if it if it's up your alley, you're going to love it. If it's not, you're going to be like, what is this? But the costumes are cool. Yeah. So, you know. But I think it's cute. Um, I think, I think said everything i do love that they play pg as kind of the straight man yeah the whole time he never really breaks character and i think that makes it funnier um because he is just like pure evil and any like plot holes i thought i had the first time i watched it the second time i watched it pretty much they were filled so i would say there's not a lot of plot holes in this movie which is surprising um but um because i was like well why didn't he spare the whole planet be sparing the family and then i was like oh because they didn't ask okay cool awesome so and the voice is awesome yeah yeah he does a really good job and then also uh there's a lot of mythology and like lore for like a single movie especially for like a director writer who says he's not really a big fan of the writing process i was like he really thought things through though because like there's a whole like galactic council or whatever planetary alliance like, it's very interesting. Um, but I do think, like, yeah, the the time period's kind of fuzzy. And I don't know. I feel like maybe they could have worked on him becoming a little more, like, soft. Like, more human. Maybe. Would have worked better. But I think the whole point is that he's supposed to be evil. I don't know. What what was it? Was there anything else, like, you did or didn't like it about it? Um... No, not really. I think he elaborated and hit on a lot of the things I would have discussed. So my biggest thing, I like the humor. Um, I like the costumes. It was a lot of fun. Um, I thought the character PG was really, really cool. Really, really funny. I think I just thought it was a little long. I felt like this could have been served better as like a shorter film. I And I don't say that very often. I think this could have been anywhere from like a 10 minute short skit to like a 50 minute short film. So I didn't feel like it needed to be an hour and 40 minutes. I felt like it kind of drugged. When the humor was tight, the humor hmm. was funny. But I just felt like, I don't, I guess, I it's cool that he did add all the mythology to the film, like you had said. But I also thought that it caused it to drag in a few points, too. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't feel that way, but I can see that. Yeah. But I don't... I don't I didn't feel like, and again, did you watch it once or twice? I just watched it once. I feel like the second time I watched it, it moved better. Okay. It was better on second watch. Um, but also, like, I was watching it the last day of my vacation, and I was kind of, like, chilled out, and I probably wasn't paying as much attention as I could have been, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. I think I was watching it, too, while I was cooking dinner the first time. Yeah. So that's probably why, like, I didn't catch as much stuff. But maybe that's why I felt like it didn't drag, too, because I was, like, doing stuff while I was doing it. But I thought it was good. Um, but, again, like, I don't think it's, like, brilliant. Yeah. But I thought it was really good yeah. for what it wants to be. Um, But, yeah, I thought it was, yeah. I 
yeah, I can see where you're coming from, but I liked it. But I really liked the Power Rangers when I was a kid, too, so. I think it was funny. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of very humorous moments, and I do like that. I thought the humor was pretty nice. Yeah. So. If, if it wasn't purposefully funny, I would hate it. Because I know a lot of movies like this because of things like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Because they take movies like this and make fun of them because they're so badly made. So to me, that's what I like is that it's riffing on the stereotypes of 80s and 90s movies. And it is kind of funny to see like, it's always funny when you have like a kid's movie mixed with like something very adult. Yeah. But it's a, it's appropriate enough that it's okay that little kids were filming it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like some movies try to do that and then it's like a child should not be in this movie. Yeah. Um, but this one I thought was appropriate, and I thought if you were, like, a middle schooler, you could probably see this movie and be seriously entertained. Like, I think a little kid would see this movie and be like, I want to make a movie like this. This looks like fun. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's just fun. It's fun and it's not too serious, and it's not trying to say too much stuff, and I think that's probably why I like it. Um, did you have a... A rating out of 10 for this one? I did. I struggled with this one, but I ultimately went with a 7. The reason I went with a 7 is because um, I like the humor. The costumes were really cool. Um, The actors are all relatively unknown, but they did really good jobs. I love the idea of, like, a film, like, being kind of, like, independently more financed. Like, you know, it was like his friend financed the movie. Uh I like those things about the film. So I still gave it, like, a Mm -hmm. 7. I guess my ultimate um, downside is I could understand the appeal of this movie. I just wish it was more appealing to me. Yes. I kind of was teetering on a 6.5 and a Mm -hmm. 7 because I was like, I can recommend this to a very specific group of people. I can't recommend it to everybody just because I feel like people won't get it. And not because it's not like a... You won't get it, like, pretentious way. It's just, like, if you didn't grow up in the 90s, it's not going to, like, feel nostalgic for you. It's kind of like my parents loved watching that 70s show with me because they grew up in the 70s. I feel like this movie is like that for people from the 90s. But I don't feel like there's enough of a, like, um, universal appeal to this movie. Like, that 70s show has a universal appeal of, like, it's still a sitcom. It's just set in the 70s. This movie's like, nah, this is like a 90s, 80s movie, and that's all it is. Yeah. And if you don't know the references, it's like if people see The Disaster Artist, the movie about The Room, I think if you haven't seen The Room, you probably would not like that movie. You might like it, but I don't think you would understand it. Um, Yeah, I feel like if you grew up in the 90s, this is your bag. If not, don't. Oh, I feel bad. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I feel bad saying that, though, because I like all the work that was put into this. I like that all the actors are unknown. Unlike most B-movies that have, like, like one supporting actor who was, like, really famous, like, at some point. Like, they don't even, like, bother having that. And I feel bad saying they don't bother doing it. But I like that they don't do that because, like, it puts you more in the world. And you're not just like, oh, who's this celebrity on this? Yeah. You know, like, it's just, like, it's just the story, and it's just, it feels like it is a, a movie out of time, almost. Yeah. Um, did you have a Grindhouse Girls rating? I did. I had to. Um, neither of them were my best, but I had F, uh, <laughs> rated F for, uh, Freak Off. I had, um, this one is probably not good. I said rated H for the heckin' best. Oh, 
Heckin' Best and Hunky Boys. She's like, I'm the Heckin' Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Heckin' Best and the Hunky Boys. Yes. I like that one. Here, let's change the... And... Hunky Boys. I had a different one for Hunky Boys, but I like that one better. Um, I like rated H for the Heckin' Best and Hunky Boys. That's cute. Because, like, that, we both came up with that one. Um, oh, by the way, also, if you really, really, really like this movie, the the website PlasticMeatball.com, that's a real website, has action figures still available of PG and Pandora. They had glasses, too, but they're sold out already, and they have some t-shirts left, which I was like, I want to get the beer glasses, but they're sold out of those. Uh, I think they have, a, they have Pandora, but they don't have any of the Psycho Gorman ones left. Um, but they still have the action figures. So if you really like it, they do have action figures available for this movie, which I thought was really cool because this is like a little movie that became so popular. There's merch. That's awesome. Which is not what happened. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's your turn, Britt. It's Britt's pick of next week. What are we watching? So we're watching actually a movie I did see in theaters in 2013. I loved it when I saw it. It had mixed reviews, but I am a big fan um, and it's that's your next, um, which is streaming on Hulu. Yay. It's also streaming on Epics and Epics. Yeah, e- yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm excited. I've on Amazon Prime. I actually own this one, so it's really nice to see it streaming too. Because oh. I've been waiting for this one to come to streaming, so I'm excited. Yeah, I think we were we were gonna do it last like September, October, like closer to Halloween mm-hmm. because. We ended up doing the guest instead because we wanted to do your next and the guest and it wasn't streaming. Um, so I've seen this movie one time before and I really, really liked it. My friend Elizabeth got me to watch it. She's also a horror aficionado and she was like, oh, you guys have got, you haven't seen your next yet. You got to watch it. And I watched it when it was on Netflix and I was blown away by it. I loved it. Um, I hope I still love it. I'm not, I've, I've literally seen it once, loved it. I watched that and Hush on the same night, which Hush was also really yeah, it good. Was. Um, yeah, but I'm excited because I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, and I I like it's Adam Wingard, right? Yeah, I think that is correct. Adam Wingard, yeah, yeah. I think that is correct. Um, I like him as a director. He's an interesting uh, director, and he's he and the writer of this movie have done a few things together. And also, Barbara Crampton's in this movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. She is. Who's been doing horror movies. Like, she's been, like, we follow her on Instagram, and she's been doing a lot of, she did, like, a new one called Jacob's Wife, which I haven't seen yet. But it looks like she's, like, a pastor's wife who becomes a zombie or something. And it looks pretty fun. I'm like, good for you, Barbara Crampton. She still looks fucking amazing. She is. She's a pretty lady. Too, by the way. She is. And she's a horror icon. Well, I know we are about to get ready to start wrapping up. Yes. yes. We are. Watch your next. You're right. We are We are about to start wrapping up. It is time to go to bed. For us, if, if you're not going to bed, do, get ready for your day. Thank you for listening to us. Whether you're in the shower, as I often listen to podcasts, um, with my phone on full blast. Or I wish it need I need to get like a waterproof speaker and just get it over with. Um, or if you're going to sleep, good night. <laughs> it's 
sleep tight. Thanks for listening. Or if you're on the car, in the car on your commute, um, thank you for listening to us. We're glad we're a small part of your day. Yes. So thank you for hanging out. Um, as always, we so appreciate it. We gained a few new followers. Um, some of them were, I did, I will admit some of them were my family. <laughs> so I was like, hi, Draven. Uh, that's my nephew. <laughs> um, so I saw one. I was like, I was like, I know who that yeah, is. Yeah, it was like, hi, Draven. Um, but like, thank you guys. It means the world to us when we get followers, when we get likes, when we get comments, when yes. we get subscribes, downloads. They're all great for a, a podcast like ourselves where we're a little podcast right yes, now. Yes, we actually, so. yeah, we actually hit over 2,000 downloads this week, which is, it took us like 10 months to get 1,000. It's only taken us, I think, two more months to get 2,000. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Um, and we're, we're like 11 people away from over 200 followers. So y'all, y'all follow us, please. Yes. I know, even if you don't use Instagram that much, like it helps. But thank you for following us, listening, liking, subscribing. We appreciate it. Everything is wonderful. Everything is a gift. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we hope you're staying safe out there. Um, I know this year people are making moves and changing since we haven't been able to move before, but please make sure you are safe. The Delta variant is throwing a nice wrench in our our vaccination vacation from COVID, and um, so make sure you still wear a mask if you're around strangers or people who haven't been vaccinated, and if you're unable to get vaccinated, be safe, and if you are eligible to be vaccinated, please get fucking vaccinated. Please. For the love of God, please yeah. do it. Uh, so anyways, just get vaccinated if you can. Be safe. Um, and even without COVID, like, be safe. Be kind to people. Um, stay in touch with those you love. And I don't know, I'm getting really emotional. I'm tired. Um, but we just love you guys, and we appreciate you. And we're glad you're on this journey with us. And... Let's hope there are many more journeys to come. Yay. Yay. Um, yeah. I don't know what else. Is. Oh, and uh, make sure you take your vitamins and wash your hands. Yes. That part. And as always, um, you know, I know you guys. Hug your fur babies. Hug your fur babies. As always, I know you guys uh, like it when I say this sometimes, or at least a few people have told me they did. Um, this is a reminder. Drink your water. Uh, please take your hydration shot. Um, thank you again, guys. I just yes yes um <laughs> thank you again guys for everything um as always we are so glad you decided to spend a small part of your day with us thank you so very much again and as always we just look forward to seeing you next time same spoopy place same spoopy channel stay spoopy y'all night bye, bye see you later see you next time bye bye, bye. love you guys bye the Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.